here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Sunday, I mean, depending on where you go, what you see on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, Vision Sunday for some churches is a major thing, it's a big thing, and you might think, why do you do it in May? Like, you need to know what's your, your vision for the year, or what's your word for the year, and it's usually in January, and now I see it gets cluttered, so people start in November already. What's the vision for next year? But, I mean, we have a vision, and Habakkuk 2 verse 2, which is often used in the sense, says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and engrave it plainly on clay tablets, so that he, the one who reads it, will run. For the vision is yet for the appointed future time. It hurries towards the goal of fulfillment, and it will not fail. I'm not going to read the rest there. But it speaks about make the vision clear, make it plain. And it says, so that those who see it will, will, will run. Interesting, with the Afrikaans service that starts at 11, I get to see more translations in my preparation. And the Afrikaans, uh, not the service, but the, the, the verse, explains it a bit different. And it speaks about, let him who runs, make it so clear that he who runs past it can see it. And I was thinking about it, and I think, obviously the Greek, I believe, or the Hebrew in that sense, sorry, is trying to convey both. So there is those who run, so the vision must be so clear that we know we're just... If you, need, if you need to adjust one degree or two degrees, you just run in the right direction. But then those who are not yet running will see the vision and start running. And that's really the heart for today is there's a bunch of us who are running. And we have just wanted to make sure that we're running in the right direction. Then secondly, if you're not yet running with us, we want to tell you where we're going. So you can decide whether you want to get on the bus with us. Amen. Because if we're not abundantly clear about who we are and what we're about, and you understand and you think it's something else, and five weeks later or five months later or, God behold, five years later, you understand what we're about, and you're like, I don't want to be part of that. Then I don't want you to be angry. I want you to know what we're about. So this is the invitation. This is who we are. This is where we're going. Come with. That is what we're going to do today. Amen? You guys ready for it? Okay, we want to make it clear. So the question then is, what are we building? What are we building as a church, as a family? And then also, how are we building? You can also ask, where are we going? How are we going to get there? That's the different types of questions. And last week, we had a, a, I think it was an awesome service. Some of you might think it was an interesting service about praying. And praying according to God's will. And what is God's will? And we defined and unpacked God's will. And I had some... uh, Good feedback and some mixed feedback, and we'll speak about God's will and how to pray next week a bit more. But I wanted to say then, if we want to do according to God's will, then I believe God's vision is obviously according to God's will. So if we have a God, we know what God's will is, then our vision should align to God's will. Okay, you guys with me? So we said God's will is clear in in, in Hebrews 10, that it's the will of God that all men be saved and be reconciled. It's the will of God, according to 2 Timothy, that all men be saved and come to the full knowledge of the truth. It is the will of God, according to uh, the Apostle Peter, again, that all men be saved, that no one perish, but all come to salvation. So as a church, and we've said it many times, but I'm going to say it again today, we've got three pillars on which we build. We build by reaching out. What do we reach out? We reach out to unbelievers. We reach out to, you know there's some unbelievers in church. But most of them are outside of church. So we reach out to everyone who hasn't yet heard the gospel. And we don't just reach out with a handshake, we reach out with the gospel. So we've got a message that we share. And then that we we, we see people come to salvation, we want to take them, we want to take you, into the full knowledge of the truth. Now I want to take myself there, amen? I'm not there. I don't know everything. We're growing, we're digging in, we're understanding. And I'm the first, if you ask me a question and I don't know the answer, I'll tell it to you. Because my job is not to know it all. And Jesus already fulfilled that position, amen? There's no vacancies for know-it-alls. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth, but that happens through relationship. So we're reaching out with the gospel, we're discipling the found, we're going into all truth, but we're doing it in community. 
That's the third pillar. We're doing it with fellowship, with friendship. Yes, with ourselves, but also with the Spirit. Amen? So the only chance we have for unity, and I've said it before, is the Spirit. It's not our opinions. It's not even our interpretation of the Bible, because that will vary. And I know, looking across the room, there are some places where we're not 100% in agreement. As long as it's not about salvation, and it's not about reaching the, unlo- the, the unreached, and it's not about getting the gospel to the, to the nations, and then we're in unity. Now, anything that grows is not necessarily healthy. It's something I've been thinking about and meditating on. A cancerous growth is not a good thing. So we don't just want to grow community for the sake of community. We want to grow this community, this family, for the sake of kingdom. And we are not an organization. You can find many more slick organizations, I'm sure, this morning. But we're a family. We are not, we are not like CEOs and, 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 and workers. We are family with one king. We're about the kingdom. We're about people. Amen? So we want to live according to God's will. And we want to pray according to God's will. So I want to quickly just, in terms of prayer, I just felt after last week, I have to just give you some more. I have to take you just into a bit more comfort, amen? <laughs> some of you were a bit rattled when we spoke about praying to, to God's will. So Ephesians 6 really is, is awesome. So we pray and we look at praying after the cross, after the resurrection, after the ascension, and after the fulfilling of Pentecost. Why? Because that is where we are. That's where we live. If we look at the narrative, the storyline of the Bible, we are not living in Genesis. Amen? You can say we're living in the seventh day, we're living in the grace age, we're living in the church denomination. We are after the cross. But we are also after Pentecost. So that's where we live. We have the Spirit of God dwelling in us. Amen? The Spirit of God being poured out. We have the law fulfilled. We've got Christ who's come, who's finished the work, and who's now sitting to with the Father, and now He's invited us to be one with Him. Amen? That's what we're about. That's who we are. So, Ephesians 6, verse 17, speaks about prayer, and it says, Take the helmet of salvation. So, that's just for context, you know. We're coming from the... Last week I spoke about the armory, the armory and the weaponry. Amen? This is the armor of God. But there's, some, there's a purpose to it. And a lot of people think the purpose is spiritual warfare. I'm just going to put three dots there and then move on. Okay. And I'm just going to read on. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Then there's a double pin. Or a, what do you call that? Ellipse. No, ellipse is the three dots. A semicolon. Which means this is not ending, this is now going to be describing. If I remember my Afrikaans and my English language, which is now a, bit, a long time ago. So we can't stop there, and we usually stop there when we speak about the Lord's Prayer. Oh, not, yeah, last week was the Lord's Prayer, you see I'm still there. The armor of God, we stop at the end of, of verse 17. But he says, now the action, you are now ready for action. I remember playing rugby. And you put your shoulder pads on, and you put your gum guard in, and you put your head um, guard on, and you've got your socks, and you've got your boots, and you've got... And now what? Now you go home and... No. Now you go to action. Now you get on the field. And this is the same thing. You have this armor of God. You are dressed up. You are ready. You've got the... You, you look part of the team. The army of God. Now let's get into action. This is how I read this. So what is the action? What is the fight? What's the game? It says praying. Okay, so we're not against prayer. Categorically stating that. Prayer is a good thing, amen? But we need to pray good prayers. Praying always. Okay, so that already should challenge you. So prayer is not when you're on your knees only. If you want to pray on your knees, pray on your knees, amen? It's good. Helps you focus. But you can pray always. You can pray in the car. You can pray in the boardroom. Yesterday I was ridiculed because Shane was praying for the food and I just, without thinking, had started praying in tongues. And he he said, you're worried about the food? I'm like, no. (laughs) Not that I'm aware of, but maybe I should be. The Spirit was prompting me something. There was more than enough. Maybe it was my prayer who helped. I'm not sure. Um, Praying always with all prayer and supplication. That, That supplication means specific prayers. How do we pray? But we pray in the Spirit. Okay, so I'm just reading scripture here. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto 
with all perseverance and supplication, again that word, specific prayer, for all saints. So we don't pray for ourselves so much, we pray for all the saints. And when you pray for all the saints, or you pray for the, the, the priesthood of all believers, then if you're included, you're praying for yourself. But it's not a self-centered prayer, you see. We pray for all the saints. And then Paul says, and pray for me. So we can pray for the church, we can pray for the body of Christ, we can pray for the kingdom, we can pray for all the saints, but we can also pray for specific people. And Paul says, pray for me too. Why? So that I can get out of jail. He's in jail, by the way, you'll see it a bit later. So that I can have more comfort, so that I can have a bigger jet. No. Pray for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly so that I can speak, that I would be heard. Pray for opportunities. Pray for me that I would take those opportunities. Why? To make known the mystery of the gospel. That's a great prayer. Lord, we pray, and we're going to pray at the end of the service, and we're going to pray, God, give us opportunity. God, give us the boldness to take that opportunity. And God, give us the, 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 the leading to not just talk, not just be heard, but to speak clearly and explain simply the mystery of the gospel. Why is that so important? Because big ministries don't send people to heaven. The gospel does. The mystery explained. The gospel personified. Verse 20 says in the Amplified Classic, For which I am an ambassador. Now we have an idea of ambassadors. I lived in, in Gauteng. And there you see a bit more of ambassadors because they're all in Pretoria. And if you drive on the R21 between Pretoria and the airport, you often see this charade of cars with blue lights. And, but it's not the blue lights on the top. They, they're sort of embedded in the black Mercedes or in the black BMW. Because what they're doing is they are taking delegates to the airport and they're making sure they're taking ambassadors they're making sure they're safe that's not kingdom ambassadors kingdom ambassadors often end in, in jail so what i'm challenging this morning is your measure of success because if we have a vision and your idea of success is not aligned then we're not going to run in the same direction because inherently we want to be successful so if we align what God's vision is to our definition of success, now all of a sudden we're going to run in the same direction. And praise God, then we'll run in a godly direction. So Paul says, I'm an ambassador, why? For the message. For the gospel. The mystery revealed. In coupling change in prison. Pray, there you have it again, that I may declare it boldly and courageously as I ought to do. You see, our prayer life should align with our vision. Because we are praying to see the vision come forth. We are praying to walk this out. The Passion Translation says, Yes, pray that I may preach the wonderful news of God's kingdom with bold freedom at every opportunity. Wow, what a prayer. You know what's better than that prayer? Taking the opportunity. We can pray all day and we, the, the nation is not going to change. We can pray this roof down. We can pray fire down from heaven. And it's not going to change anyone outside this room until we get out and take the opportunity to share the gospel. And that's what we're going to do every day and that's what we're going to do next week Sunday. But again, as a family, we're not a Sunday church. What are we building? We're not building Sundays. This is equipping time so that we go out. This is our headquarters. This is our workshop. This is where we get equipped and this is where we get hopefully stirred up to go out and make a difference, to go out and live the kingdom. The kingdom is not on a Sunday, it's every day. Even though I am chained as a prisoner, I am his ambassador. You see, if you go to, to, to prison, that shouldn't stop your calling. Go to prison for persecution's sake. For the, but if you mess up this grace, then you can still start your prison ministry, amen? You see, we can't measure success on our circumstances because God's vision is bigger than your circumstances. If we are in change for the gospel, then we just started prison ministry. That's, that's all. And, and then you're not unsuccessful, you're just continuing the vision. Because do you think there are unsaved people in prison? Okay, Let, let's test quickly this. So, our three pillars, we are reaching out to the unreached. Are there unreached people in prison? 
I bet so. Amen. Are there, is there time to disciple some of them that maybe come to Christ? Definitely. And there's definitely opportunity for community. So you can live out God's vision for your life in prison. Now please don't go to prison if you don't have to. And if you want to start a prison ministry, start it from this side of the, of the gate. You don't need to be on that side of the gate. But what I'm trying to explain to you is we can't measure our adherence to God's calling based on circumstances. And that aligns to God's will. If the aircon is still too cold, please just do something behind their job because I'm trying. Um, I've been there twice this morning already. <laughs> okay, so, so Paul writes to Ephesians and at the end of the letter he says, this is how we pray now. He also writes to Colossians. And he writes, writes to the church in Colossians and Colossians 1.3 he says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we often in our leadership meetings and life groups, we start with thanksgiving. It's one of our cultures. What are you thankful for? And then we also share testimonies, but we are so thankful for the testimonies that some people say, I'm not sure if this is thankfulness or a testimony, but I'm going to share it anyway. Or we're saying, we're sharing thankfulness, and they say, but I've got a testimony. I'm like, well, we are thankful for the lives changed. Amen? So share the testimony, share the thankfulness. The, the word says, come to God with thankful hearts, with open hearts. Give thanks to the Father. I mean, that's who we pray to. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praying always again for you. This sounds very similar. Since we heard of your faith. So he's praying for saints. And what? The love which you have to all the saints. So I'm giving you vision, but I'm also stating our culture values. We have a love for all saints. We are a church for everyone. We are there to love on people. Praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints. Verse 5 says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, wherefore you heard before. Where did you hear of the hope? You see, hope is, is a very interesting topic, and we'll hopefully, we'll hopefully speak on hope, no pun intended, soon. It says, You've got hope. Now, I remember going through lockdown. And it was hard. And as a pastor, I had to hear from God, and I mean, I always have to, but I can share on the love of God. I can share on the grace of God. I can, I mean, I default to the goodness of God. I default to the gospel in the Old Testament. But you can go listen to the messages where we had to be more directional. We had to give guidance. How do we deal with lockdown? How do we stay out of fear? How do we move forward as a body? How do we stay in unity on Google Meets type of thing? Amen? But here we are, and we, we are through it. And we're still together, and we're still family. But that doesn't change the hope, because the hope was always in front of us, because the hope is eternal. Because the message of hope is the gospel. And it says it so beautifully here. It says, as in, um, let's start verse 5. For the hope which you laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before. Where did you hear of this hope? In the word of the truth of the gospel. If the message of grace doesn't stir hope in your heart, then you haven't heard the message of grace. You haven't heard the gospel. Because what the gospel says is no matter what happens here, there's eternity. For you and for others, remember. Yesterday we had a, a leaders gathering and it was really amazing. All the leaders, most of the leaders from the different campuses coming together. And we were like as central elders thinking, where are we going to have this meeting? Is it going to be in, in Stellenbosch? Is it going to be in Tigerberg? Is it going to be in Malmesbury? And then we're like, where do we have this meeting to be sort of central, but then also where can we accommodate people? And Shane and Marna personified this so beautifully by opening their home, moving their furniture. I mean, we literally took over their whole household yesterday. And I know if you do something like that, when everyone leaves, the furniture is still where it was, not where it was on Friday night, you know. And it didn't get there. So there's a lot of effort that goes in before that. And there's a lot of effort that goes in after that. But it personified. And we, the, the theme for the day was back to the table. As Stellenbosch leaders, we've, we, in our leadership meetings, we, we started to do dinners together again. It's not because we just have to eat. No, you're going to eat anyway, but let's eat together. There's something about that. Is, there's, a, there's a calmness. There's a relaxation. In our culture, in our, where we live, we meet people in coffee shops. And that's good. But invite people into your home. 
That's different. Even at work the other day, we were invited to go bry, and I was invited to take Natasha and Jordan with on a Friday night with colleagues. It was different than a boardroom or a restaurant or a urine function. It was, it was intimate. Now we know their dogs, you know? But it takes something, it takes a vulnerability. That's why we're speaking about life groups so much today. Because life groups is really opening your home. And if you're not ready to open your home, someone else has opened their home. So just go visit them in their, in their home. And I know there's some life groups that don't meet in homes. And like Friday mornings, no one's home is necessarily in a good enough state to have people come in at 7 for coffee. And you need to go to work and stuff. So we, we work around. It's not a rule, it's a culture. We want to be vulnerable. We want to be open. We want to be one in this. We want to share in the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and it brings forth fruit. We've spoken about fruitfulness at the start of the year. As it does also in you since the day you heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. This is again our vision. We need to hear the gospel. People need to hear the gospel. They need to get to know the gospel. You see the verse there. There's the hearing of it and the knowing the grace of God in truth. It is God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. God wants all men to be saved, to hear the gospel, to know the gospel, and now to walk in the truth of the gospel into the fullness of truth. Why did the Holy Spirit come? So you can have a goosebump. Jesus clearly said the Holy Spirit comes and He will lead you and guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit came to fulfill God's will because God is not willing that any should perish, that all come to repentance and come to the full knowledge of the truth and that's not going to happen without the Spirit. So this church values the Spirit. We value the Spirit because without the Spirit we're nothing. We value the Gospel because without the Gospel we are unsaved. We value righteousness because that's the gift we've received. We need to hear and believe. We need to preach and teach. We need to read and study the Word. What are we focusing on? The Word of the truth of the Gospel. So what is the Gospel? What's your elevator pitch? Someone asks you, what is the Gospel? What is the Goeienis? So I was standing next to a, um, so the jungle gym this week. And there was a parent coming and he said, what does that mean? I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, I am. What do you want to know type of thing? Because I don't know what people have heard. And what they've heard, maybe what you've heard, and some of you, like, maybe it's not true. What have people heard? What are people telling us? So the word says, be ready with an answer if they ask you for the hope that is in you. So I don't really care what they've heard. But if they can see hope in me, then hopefully they're going to ask me, what is that that gives you hope? What is it that makes you different? What is it that makes you alive? What is it that gives you a smile on your face? And then I have to be ready, the word says, with an answer. And I want to ask you this morning, are you ready with an answer? Are you, do you have your elevator pitch of the gospel? Because Paul says, pray, pray for opportunities, pray that I open my mouth, to take those opportunities, but also pray that I clearly explain the mystery of the gospel. So it's no use to just speak if we're not going to clearly define the mystery of the gospel. When I, when I know there's an encounter, say the other day someone said he wants to, to, to meet up with me, and I'm not sure if this person is saved, so I pray beforehand, and I use this, and I say, Lord, give me an opportunity. This is the opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord. But I don't want to just have coffee with this person. I want to share the gospel. So give me an opportunity, not just to meet up with them, but to take the conversation spiritual. And then when it goes spiritual, give me the boldness to step into that opportunity. But also, Lord, I want to full and clearly explain the gospel, because without that, that person cannot get saved. How do you pray for the lost? That's how you pray for the lost. But then you take action. You see, this comes from Ephesians 6. Again, you get the full armor of God. You get dressed, you get ready, you get equipped in the Word, but now you pray... For opportunities, and then there's no use to, if you don't, again, back to the rugby example. You, you're looking for that gap. Now the gap is wide open and you don't take it. Why did you get dressed? Why did you put your boots on? If you don't want to score the try. We have the armor of God to get people free. 
to get them born again. Amen? That is our vision. That's how we run. What is this mystery? Colossians 1.26 Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to His saints. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It is no longer concealed. It is no longer hidden. It has been revealed in its full glory. Amen? I'm so thankful that I live in this age, in this denomination. And it's not the grace denomination. It's the church denomination. It is everything that came after Pentecost. This is where we live. It has been made manifest to the saints, to whom God make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. Oh, I get passionate about this. About the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ, where? In Peter. Yes. Don't say no. But not just in me. Christ in you. Christ in me. You must say, Christ in me. Christ is where? He's in you. He's in me. He's in all of the believers. And that is the mystery that is no longer hidden, but it was hidden for ages, for generations, but it is now made manifest. What is manifest? Made visible. It's now a vision. It's visible. You can now see it. It's clean. It's, it's pure. It's... It's not to be debated. We don't need to debate whether Christ is in the believer. It's clear. In the, it's, it, it's, it, if you debate that, then, then you can't read Colossians. Previously, I sat in, the, in churches that had Bible studies on Ephesians. I don't know what they taught because they didn't believe this. not clean you up and polish you and no, Christ is in you so what we are sharing today is the theme is don't hide your light work out your salvation know the will of God it's not unclear it's abundantly clear it's manifested this is what we are called to do to make known the riches of the glory of the mystery which is Christ in you the hope of glory so what is it that we do with this mystery? Colossians 1.27 in the Passion says, Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for His people. And God wants everyone to know it. What is our vision? That everyone would know about the gospel. I would love it to say our vision is that everyone should believe the gospel. But if I read through the Bible and I read through the book of Acts, specifically, everyone's not going to believe. But that's not on me. What you, what us, what, what, what we can do is we can make sure they've heard you see, Peter stands up on the first day of Pentecost and he preaches a message and he reveals the mystery. He shares the gospel. And what happens? People say, how can we be saved? They are cut to the heart. Spiritual circumcision. And they want to know, how can we be saved? They are begging. They are knocking on heaven's doors. They are pulling down the gates. Not long after that, Stephen speaks up and he shares the same message. He starts with Abraham and Moses and he takes them through the whole Bible and he explains the Old Testament. He reveals the mystery. They are cut to the heart and they drag him out of town and they stone him for dead. No, nothing different in the message. So our vision cannot be linked to circumstances and outcomes. Was Stephen wrong? Was he unsuccessful? He was just as much in the will of God. Uh, that's a loaded statement, I know. Stephen was just as much in the will of God as Peter when he stood on the first day of Pentecost. Because what is the will of God? That the mystery be revealed. 
that Christ's finished work be expounded and explained to the world out there. That is the will of God. That all come to repentance, be saved, and come to the knowledge of the truth. And then what they do with it is neither God's will or doing nor ours. So God cannot be in control of everything because then Stephen would not be dead. We'll have to speak about the will of God some more, I realize. If God was controlling everything, then why did Peter live and Stephen die? It is not our job to manage outcomes. It is our job to share the gospel. Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. What is the vision? Every person hear the gospel and come to the knowledge of the truth. How do we do it? Christ is our message. We preach grace. We preach the finished work. We reveal the mystery. It has come my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor. No, 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 no. Now the grace police has got your flags up black. We rest. In grace we rest, Peter. Haven't you heard? We live in the rest. Well, Mr. Grace Man, Paul, the one who the Bible says he fulfilled the word of God, he means he wrote the full explanation of what came before. He says, I labor with a tireless intensity, with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Christ Jesus. We spoke about the cost of leadership yesterday, and one of the costs was fatigue. Say the world are what the world is run by tired people. Now, being tired is not that's not the KPI. Okay? That's not what you know. If you're tired, you're not necessarily successful. But if you're tired because you're doing the right things, because you're living the word of God, because you are fulfilling the kingdom by preaching the gospel, Paul says, I'm tired. Jesus was tired. Jesus sat down because he was tired. Jesus went to the woman at the well because he was tired. He was thirsty. There's work to be done. Amen? I was tired this morning when my alarm would have gone off at 20 to 6. Praise God, Jordan woke up at half past 5, so I didn't need to get up with my alarm. There's work to be done. Friday morning, 7 o'clock, it's early at the end of the week, but there's work to be done. There's gospel to be shared. There's truth to be revealed. There's people to be reached. There is community to be built. That is what we do. That is how we live. So, what are we about? We're about the kingdom. We're about Christ. We're about the full power caught up in the message. Oh, this message. This message is the gospel. This message has the power to transform eternities. Paul says in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of this message. Why does he say that? We like that. It, it gives us pomp and we, oh, I'm not ashamed. Of the law makes you shameful. That's, that's good. I also believe he didn't have much else. He didn't have a building. He didn't have... He says, people left me. Like, only Timothy is still here. People build ministries and they pray success on how many followers they have. Paul says, I want followers because then we can do more. But I have a message. And he was shameful of his past, which he lived under the law. And he wrote Colossians. He writes Colossians and he writes Colossians 3 and he says... Those things that we're ashamed of, of our youth, we think about them no more. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, God, that you don't think about my past. This is one of my taglines. You can put it on my tombstone one day. If you want to be more like God, forget about your sin. Because Hebrews says he is forgetful. Psalms 103 says, Your sins and your iniquities I will remember no more. So you want to be more like your father? Forget about your sins. Look forward. 
because the finished work really, 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 really was good enough. Because if it wasn't, Galatians 2 says, then Christ died unnecessarily. The King James says, in vain. Think about, that is such a statement. It, I mean, we can do a whole series just on that. Do you think Jesus' death was a, was a mistake? Do you think it was unnecessary? Can't be. Then you have to believe in salvation by grace, through faith, and the gift of righteousness. Because if you still want to work for it, then Paul says, then Jesus died for nothing. You see, I'm, God has a, a sense of humor. He made me study calculus to explain the gospel. I've sweated in calculus, I promise you. I won't share my statement, my, my mark statement with you, but you'll see that wasn't my strongest point. But what it does is it means if X equals Y, then Y equals X. And if you have three statements and these two equal each other and these two equal each other, then you can put these two together because they're all equal. So that's how I preach and that's how I teach and that's how I think because if God died, Jesus died, it had to be for something. And what is that? That is grace. So now I come stand on this side and I said, but if I have to work for it, then it's not equal to him paying for it. So it can't be. So it can't be both. It can't be a process. It has to be a gift. And that's why it says the kingdom is for children. I gave Jordan a piece of banana this morning. He didn't ask to pay for it. He didn't care where it came from. He only wanted more. <laughs> that is the gospel. In my father's house is abundance. Is more than enough. There's grace for everyone. So let's share it with them. We have a father who's looking out with a longing heart for his lost children. The word says, I cry on Christ's stead, on His behalf. What is that cry? Do you hear the cry of the Father this morning? I put the tissues here for Henry, now I might need them. <laughs> the Father's cry is bring my children home. Be reconciled. And how? How? Share the gospel. Love them. Take care of them. But share the gospel. Pray. Yes, pray. But if you want to pray according to your Father's will, you'll pray for opportunities. You'll pray that you'll take those opportunities. And you'll pray that you'll clearly and boldly explain the mystery of the gospel in those opportunities because then you have created the opportunity for that person who's hearing to, to understand, to believe, and to respond. And what is the response? That I'm coming home. And that's why there are celebrations in heaven. The word says that. Every time a lost sheep is found. And you know who's the orchestrator of that party? It's not the angels. It's the Father. The angels are doing the work. The Father is ordering the party. Because He's on the lookout. He's on the lookout for His lost sheep, for His lost sons, for His lost daughters. I walked on campus the other day and, and it was just... I mean, you can get overwhelmed quickly. In, there's many places in and around Cape Town where you can get overwhelmed quickly. Sumi said the, the, the outreach they did to... Cape Town city, city center was just, it was too much. I know if I walk there, I feel, you feel the darkness almost, you feel the oppression. You walk on campus, you see all these lost souls. And I, I've shared this, but I felt God say, you are fighting. And I said, yes, Lord, this is a fight. He says, but you're not fighting them. You're fighting for them. 
because they haven't heard. They haven't tasted and seen that God is good. They haven't clearly been presented with the revelation of the mystery that's now been revealed that is telling them, shouting, crying, God wants to live in you. But what about my sin? And what about this? God doesn't care. It's paid for. It's delivered. It's free gift of righteousness. But what do we do? We go for the opportunity. We boldly and courageously speak. Paul says, as I ought to do. What else can I do but share the gospel? And then I explain it clearly and boldly. Kids Church is aligned to that vision. We had a leadership meeting for Stellenbosch leaders on Tuesday. And we said, John said, Kids Church is not babysitting. If you want to come serve in Kids Church, you know you're going to share the gospel. Because why? What happens there is the same vision that happens here. We reach out to the unreached. We boldly and clearly proclaim the gospel to people who understand the full knowledge of the truth. And we build community. There's lots of friends in Kids Church. But they're going to grow up as missionaries. They're going to grow up changing the world. They're going to be part of this body. I have to end this. Matthew 5. I said, Lord, how do you... How do you... We don't need a tagline for today, do we? But I wanted one. And you know, God knows what I, what I want, and He knows what I need. And I didn't need a tagline, but I wanted one, and He gave me one. So it says clearly here, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We don't do it for our glory. Never. Because it's not even our light. He is the light on the inside of us. So when people say, wow, look at that light. Yes, it's God. The Passion says it so beautifully. It says, so don't hide your light. And that's really my theme for today is don't hide your light. You can put up the nice picture that I, that I made for us. Don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them. Then they will give their praise to your Father which art in heaven. Light is often a metaphor for teachings that bring enlightenment and revelation into the hearts of men. That is sharing the gospel. That's not taking care of orphans. and That's not the true light. That's peripheral. You're taking care of orphans to create the opportunity to share the gospel. Otherwise, why bother? Well, we'll still bother, but make the most of that opportunity. Make the most of the opportunity. I was thinking about this. I'm guilty as charged. I converse with the petrol attendant. And I'm friendly. Because I want to show him there's friendly people out there. That doesn't bother him after five minutes that I've left. Oh yeah, at least there's some friendly people out there. What? Who cares? I'm not saying don't be friendly. I'm saying share the gospel. And he will be thankful for all eternity. You see, that's, what we, that's our mindset change. We're not just nice people. We are people on a mission. We're just not a huddle. No, we're a group, a family on mission to make known the mystery of the gospel. So don't hide your light. I'm not preaching so that you can have more light. If you have Christ, you've got all the light. You know, in heaven, Revelation says there won't be a sun because there's a sun. S-U-N. There won't be because there's a S-O-N. There won't be night and day because of the bright glory of God. Where is that now? It's in you. So why is the world dark? Because we're hiding it. It's not condemning. It's an invitation. Take off the basket, the bushel. Get onto the hilltop. Shane has this analogy where he says, if people at work find out that you're a Christian, will they be shocked? They come invite you. They, want to, they invite you, come to church with me on Sunday. I've been praying for you. I'm like, sorry, I can't. I'm going to my church. What? You go to church? <laughs> it's not a good testimony, is it? 
Get up. Get onto the hill. Be known as a Christian. And even if they ridicule you in the boardroom, they'll come to you in the corners and ask for prayer. They'll ask for advice. They'll ask, why do you have hope? Where is that boldness coming from? What do I do with this issue? How do I deal with this sin? Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them. And then they will give the praise to your Father who is in heaven. Don't hide your light. The world is dark enough. We live and we exist to reach out with the gospel, to disciple believers into the fullness of the truth and to build a community of believers on mission to know Him and to make Him known. What are the opportunities that you have to partake? You can attend. That's it. That's good. Your first, first ability is availability. Why do some people get jobs here in the morning? Because they're here, really, often. <laughs> we had this discussion in the week. I said, well, we can have a strategy, we can do this. I said, sometimes we just need hands on deck and we just need to come through Sunday. But that's not mission. That supports the mission. How do we get to partake? We get to serve at gatherings, including Sundays. We get to attend or lead life groups. We get to do things like School of the Believer. We're going to start School of the Believer also at the end of the month. And it's on Saturday mornings and it is uncomfortable, but there's a price. There's a cost. For anything in life, anything worthy, any place worth going. If there's no easy road to any place worth going, who said that? It's not, it's not scripture, but it's good. So it's a, it's a mission equipment session course and we're going to do it on saturday mornings from 7 30 till 9 30 and it's for seven weeks and it's going to be online and we've done it before we've condensed it it's going to be awesome it's going to change you if you're not ready to be changed then sign up but if you're ready to be changed to live purpose you know why we're inviting you today to all these things is because we really want you to live an adventure why play it safe why live boring i, I was boring and afraid for a long time very boring, very afraid. Now I'm thinking about the TV show Naked and Afraid. I've never watched it. But <laughs> I was boring and afraid. But somewhere I said yes. Now I have to say yes daily. Because the cost is not once off. So come join us, School of the Believer. Come join us on a short-term mission. We're going to have a few of them soon. We're going to have one in Solaris Pass. We're going to have one in Zimbabwe and we might have one later, more international. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do a, a, um, a holiday club in Solaris Pass. And we're planning to do a whole week there. Why? Because it's not a one-off thing. Because we want to make clearly known the truth. We want to explain the full mystery of the gospel. And we want everyone to have the opportunity to hear that. Be part by giving financially. Because we all have a responsibility towards this family and to fund the mission of God, which He uses people for. Jesus is the light of God within us. Let's not hide our light. Because if we hide our light, we hide Christ. He didn't come to be hidden. He was exposed on Golgotha. He was raised up so that He can pour out His Spirit. So that we not for one day have to be by ourselves, lonely, boring and afraid we get to live the adventure of faith as carriers of the good news the gospel of our lord jesus christ we have what it takes we have what we need and all the kingdom needs is for you to let it out to reach out to equip and disciple and let's do it in community because that's just so much more fun amen why not you stand with me as we pray we're going to pray according to paul's prayer in Ephesians 6, it says, Let your light so shine before men. Don't hide your light. Ephesians 6 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And pray for me. If you're in, raise your hand. I'm, pray for me. We're going to pray together. I'm not going to pray. We're going to pray. This is, this is not a spectatorship. This is a family. If you want to be prayed for, for more opportunities, raise your hand. My hand is up. If you want to be prayed for, to take boldly those opportunities, to open your mouth, <laughs> then raise your hand. 
If you want to clearly make known the mystery of the gospel to those opportunities, to those people, you raise your hand right now and we're going to pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that we can pray, Father, because the work is done. We can pray for opportunities, Father. Right now, I believe God is saying, you know the opportunities. You know, you've been, you've been so wanting to speak to those people. And now, go we pray, Father, for boldness to open our mouths, Father. To start speaking, to make you known. And it only comes through knowing you first, Father. Father, we pray that we will clearly and specifically share the gospel. Father, because that is the incorruptible seed. And that is how people get born again. Not through any other means. People don't get born again through the prayer of a sinner. No, they get born again through believing the gospel. Father, we know that there's many, many children out there that is yearning to understand what Christ has come to do. Father, what is the purpose of this world? What is the will of God? Is God even in existence? How is God? God is love. God is good. God is faithful. Father, we have what we need to make you known because we've gotten to know you. We pray for opportunities. If any of the leaders wants to come, want to come pray, please feel free to do so. Father, we pray for more and more opportunities. We pray that we will take those opportunities, Father. And I want you to well be well equipped. So even go and prepare your, your gospel message. Go and share in three minutes. What is the kingdom? What is the good news? What is the gospel? What is the mystery? How is it revealed? If you have to do it in front of the mirror, do it in front of a mirror. But we need to be ready. We need to be well equipped. He says, pray that I may declare it boldly and courageously as I ought to do. Father, we pray that church is not here for Sundays. But the church goes out from here to go do the will of God. To run with the vision to make it clean and clear. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.